Right, hey, welcome back for part two of the NTech Airlegger episode with my mate Eric Cowan. I hope you enjoyed part one. If you haven't listened to part one, first off, give yourself an uppercut, but then after that, go listen to part one. There is plenty of stories about uppercuts in both part one and part two. Thank you again to our great friends at NTech Mining for supporting the top mining podcast in the world. Hope you enjoyed part two with Eric Cowan and make sure you go and check out the YouTube version. Bloody love it. Hit subscribe, hit like, all the usual stuff. Let's get into it. Oh, best shaft sink that I'd ever, ever been on. I think I might have come back to Southern Cross for a little while and then back over to uh, Osborne Shaft with Branko. Um, and so me, Branko, uh, were the shift bosses. And uh, it was it was absolutely brilliant times, eh? Tony so where's that? Where's Osborne Shaft? Osborne is just outside uh, outside of Conclary, Conclary, Mount Isa area again. Yeah. Um, it was a 900 or 900 metre handheld sink uh, with a loading station, crusher station, uh, steel guided shaft that used to run at about oh, 18, something was supposed to run at about 22, 24 metres a second. Um, but yeah, I think they used to run at about 18, but amazing sink. Eh? It was like fantastic. Like, so smashing out 2.4 metre rounds every day, concrete line, you know, you take two, three rounds. Yeah. Oh, Tony Mayage loves his concrete. Oh, <laughs> mate, hey, fa- fantastic mass sinker, eh? Like, um, well, he, he worked us, he, like we flogged us, but we got paid. And same thing, mate. You went down, done your job, you never heard from him. And yep. yeah, he was always a pat on the back. And same thing that those days, like camp life was just so much better because you could have a bloody, you know, you can have a beer after work. There was no drug tests. There's always a, or no alcohol and drug tests. And, um, you know, there was always live music and barbecues and, you know, like great crews, you know, like everyone was, you know, supported each other and looked after each other. And, um, yeah. These days, you find them on the shafts, or I found anyway. I haven't had too many successful ones. Been bushed on most of them. Um, like people want to climb over the top of you, Matt. They don't. They don't support you. You know, like we tend to be knifing you in the back to you know get into your position or move yeah, forward yeah, yeah. and all that kind of shit. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, Osborne, um, very successful shaft, mate. Eh? Like um, no incidents, no no accidents, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, put in the crush station. You know, overhead. Um, you know, drop chopping up a seventeen hundred in half and dropping it down the shaft. You know, once you establish your plat, but yeah, some uh, Darwin Vidal, Branco, myself, um, Ratso Zuna or Leo Zuna. Um, yeah, just good men that were into it. Yeah, we uh, we just smashed it. Eh? Down there, like pick up, you know, go down the half cut, buddy. You pick up that machine and uh, you'll be back into it. Like, <laughs> the only place I've actually been stuck underground for a few days. Eh, we got. Well, uh, PC on the winder had gone out, and um, I think it was a Friday night or Friday afternoon, and uh, yeah, they couldn't get the part up there until Monday, so we were stuck down the shaft all all weekend, and it was quite interesting to see our six blokes, seven blokes, go with each other for forty eight hours solid. Oh you know, shit! Yeah, 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 dropping a bit of food and tucker down and getting cold and all that kind of stuff, and of course the water's creeping up, and just the silly. You know, like you go through phases, you know, a few boys start getting silly and 
you know, start doing a couple of bombies, you know, into the into the shaft because the water was building and you know, like uh yeah, and you know, then a few arguments, you know, like just different opinions and, you know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a long time, isn't it? Well, so what it was working all good, so you got down there and then it shit itself and yeah, you couldn't yeah, get out. Yeah, PC. So they dropped an emergency cage. So we had this emergency cage, like flash set up really, really nice and all that kind of stuff, but they'd never run it. And of course, the paint, like it was, um, you know, like uh, fully, you know, thick paint and all that kind of stuff. So they went to drop the emergency kibble and all that kind of stuff and got down and hung up on the paint. And they were lucky that they caught it because they actually rope, you know, they didn't realize they actually had slack rope on the emergency cage um yeah so they abandoned that idea and yeah he was like he's not coming out we possibly could have climbed out but there's a couple of guys you know that wouldn't have been able to you know six seven hundred meters is a fair way oh shit. Hang, hanging off steel um was it a lot so if you're going to climb out it's just oh uh, well, there was nothing to stop you falling no 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 oh jesus yeah, yeah. that's a big climb it is yeah yeah and like some people are comfortable. We, see, that's the thing. We were comfortable climbing around shafts and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but you used to it, don't you? Yeah, but everyone's not the same. And, you know, you take that into consideration. So, yeah. yeah. We all sat put until uh, they got the PC working and dragged us out. Have you had uh, many other bloody close calls underground? As you said, you've had a good bloody uh, looked after yourself, good safety um, record. Got, I've been cleaned up twice, both on Alamax. So I went Alamax Oh, they're mining. fucking mad, them bastards, aren't they? Well, they aren't really. Like, uh, to me, an Alamax, mine, uh, Alamax mining is actually a safe system of work. But the problem with the way Aussie's done it is that we, you know, if you have a look at the Canadians, they don't hurt anyone. They never have innocence, never had yeah, I remember you telling that. me that. Because um, yeah. they use them to within, you know, 2.4 or, you know, to their design. The problem <laughs> when the Aussies got the Alamax, they started adding wings and, putting extra motors on and <laughs> <laughs> next minute we're sharp. High, sp high yeah, speed yeah, Alimac yeah, yeah. development, typical well, Australians. Like we were, you know, like things where you'd usually sink a shaft or, you know, you know, these guys putting up, you know, four metre, three, four metre diameter freaking, um, you know, ventilation risers climbing up on a couple of motors, three or 400 metres bloody high. So, yeah, first time, it was actually my first time ever up on an Alimac. And this is where I love blokes like Peter Cox and, guys like that we were following these couple of canadians who's supposed to be the guns <laughs> you know got up there and their face was just you know it was just shit it was explosives hanging out of half the face it was like big bundies hanging there and i'd been mining a little while by then by you know eight nine years but i'd never been on an alamate so i got there and uh looked well so you climb through a little hatch and you come up under a little keyway in the middle of your roof and it's got a you know it's got a little cover on it so two of us come on there you Drop your platform and look, and it's like, don't touch that coxie. Yeah, it's just holy shit. What are we going to do? Before we could do anything, sort of butted up face just above your head. Yeah, but yeah. completely like just boulders and rocks, you know, like oh, big. Yeah. It was just like, oh my God, you know, it's like just scary to look at. But before you knew it, coxie touched one and the whole lot just, oh. yeah, just swallowed that. And, but of course, we had, um, you know, I think we had a couple of decks out or a couple of wings and all that kind of stuff and you actually have to fold those up before you travel but you know you got shit ground and then yeah. you're throwing the big rocks like rocks as big as these chairs and tables over the side scale them off and um yeah then they take because you travel up with air like your air hose or your two inch bull hose is following out behind you um, as you're throwing them off like they cut all the air and services and all that kind of oh, stuff down yeah, there. yeah but the next minute i noticed like there was blood all over the deck and i'd actually on this ankle here, I'd actually severed my Achilles right through. Oh. But, like, because of the adrenaline and the dust and all that kind of stuff, like, it was just, like, blood pulling out over the top of my boat. Did it curl so, up your leg? Yeah, it did. It was, like, it went it went on. Uh, but 
funnily enough, like, so we got down, we had to wind ourselves down on the emergency brake. So what you do is you, you let the brake run and it takes you down and all that kind of stuff. And we got down there and our, someone had taken our ute and like I'm like it was blood and poop. He didn't let me take my boot off. Because actually you pressure cut it, like it, it actually had rolled down back of the heel and oh. cut, and, and cut open opened it right up like a orange wedge, and um, <clears throat> didn't even take my boot off and got me straight over when we could get out. Found a Ute, got back out and all that, and they took me raced me straight across to Mika Thara, and I said, like I am, like I really am. Blessed day. That day there was this actual surgeon in the Mika Thara hospital giving a course on stitching. Oh no shit. And because it hadn't been that long, like a couple of hours or whatever, yeah. they'd actually, like, were able to pull it back and um, sew her up. And, yeah, sure enough, like a month later, I was back at work. Fucking hell. Yeah, like, uh, he said, if that, you know, like, because a couple of days, it just gets, it starts to shrink. It might have been hanging on because it was, it was like, it was 100 odd stitches in it internally. And they, yeah, yeah and, um, yeah, so it was hanging on. And then the second time I got hurt was uh, Alamac in Cooktown, like, a, uh, Rock had come, we were changing out of rail. Where's Cooktown? Uh, Collingwood, Tinmore. Uh, Cooktown's Victoria. Far, far North Queensland. Oh, Far North Queensland. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, golf. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cooktown, yeah. Well, it was. Because you'd be cooked the whole time and be that fucking hot. Yeah. Oh, no, it was beautiful country, mate. Oh, was it? Yeah. Or not? Cooktown? Yeah. Um, well, there's rivers as well and past you, so if you were, you'd just go and jump in the river. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose, yeah, like, you, I suppose you just got used to working in fucking far north Queensland, didn't you? Oh, no. no. There's, there's hot mines and there's hot mines. You know, like um, the hottest mine actually is in Australia is actually far north Queensland. It's out near uh, Mount Ice and Concord. And then again, Eloise. Mm. Now, that um, that place can get to, you know, 40, 50 degrees wet bulb. Yeah, yeah, like uh, it's the only place I've ever had to take esky and towels down. And sit them on top of your eyes. You come down out of your eyes, bore three or four holes, come down out of your eyes, just crop your helmet off, crop a towel over your head. Cool you down. Cool you down. Just in and yeah, out. Just in and out all day. Yeah, take all day to get one cut. You just ah. took your time. Yeah. Yeah. Explosives bloody melted and all that kind of shit. How'd you, how'd you survive that bloody? I didn't do it for long. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Well, I couldn't do it for long. I just found when I was laying in bed at night, you know, it didn't matter whether it was your little pinky in your. You know, in, in four doors, yeah. Fucking hamstring, yeah, quad. They just like just cramped in oh. <laughs> And you knew you'd be getting the shit like you'd, by the end of you'd done, you'd done the fortnight, you'd be really struggling. I think I only done two swings or three swings in it. It was just too hard. Oh, Mark but, Craig, but even the, fir the first the first shift in trying to cope with that shit, like, yeah, you, like, you know, you just thought, fucking I worked, I worked in Hotter, though, man. I, like, um, the hottest mine I've worked in is um, over in Halamahira in um, Indonesia. With uh, Paddy Grillish, uh, we had a small crew over there, and uh, we used to have to put in the stand pipes to dewater. Like we used to try and keep in front of the jumbos a couple of levels by dewatering the. Of course, they'd have to be cut first, your jumbo cut first, but yeah. they'd go as far as they possibly could, and then we'd put a borehole down, and we'd try and pump the water because if you got rid of the water, you'd drop temperature by about ten or twenty degrees. Oh right, and yeah, it could take us all day. I mean, like seventy degree wet bulb. Like without exaggeration, seven degree wet bulb take all day to put in four bolts. Yeah. But usually, what you find things would melt, start melting before you. Oh. Like, so your pumps would only last in there, um, you know, maybe three, four days or five days. So everything had to be really efficient because the, the actual wiring in your pumps would melt before you could uh, oh. and then you'd have to go and change it out again. Oh, you're made yeah. from different shit to me. How the fuck do you even walk? I couldn't even walk out of the ute into that stuff. Well, no. we, we like it was, 
like uh, it was it was amazing because I was paid it, like most I've ever been paid in my whole career. It was like a, you know over three hundred a year kind of thing. Never had an incident, never had an accident, but um, we done a few things wrong. First, we set up a you know like a refuge chamber, and I bring all ice and all that kind of stuff. So you know you think cooling yourself down mm. and all that kind of stuff, but that actually made things worse. So what I used to do is just. Um, make the guys go in and out, you know, sit outside for 10 minutes and we used to actually, I used to have a whiteboard and you'd write, you know, like run your hoses, you know, clip, stand your machine, clip your machine, the next boat, go out, get a collar, um, you know, like for three or four until they could bear it. And you'd just run with five-minute sessions every half hour. Yeah. Yeah, to try and uh, get your water. Oh, uh, try and get your ball pumping that in. Isn't it, isn't it funny when you're doing that, like you're, you're teetering on the edge of death the whole time like you know when you do like five minutes if you stayed for 10 you'd be probably dead like well not dead but no, like, you, no. you, you know but yeah. if you stayed for an hour you'd probably you, you did you did see a lot of burns in that there like because the water um we're only i think it was we were a couple hundred k's or 100 k's from a volcano and i think that's why it was so rich in gold and all that kind of stuff it's new new mont new mont site and uh yeah thousand gram sort of dirt yeah bloody most headings and um yeah, so um, you get rid of the water and you cool your mind. But they, like even the jumbo faces and all that kind of stuff, like the boys were down there, you know, in the undies, like bloody, you know, boring their cuts and all that kind of stuff with your ventilation tied to your back of your cabin. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, they got through it. And even the faces, you weren't allowed to charge. You weren't allowed to charge those specific faces until they got below 65-degree wet ball. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so the poor guys, eh, it was just like, but there was no pressure on you to, you know, if you charge... You know, it took you all day to charge cut. That's what it took, you know. Like, there was no one get the fuck down there, weak bastards. Yeah, you know, nah. yeah, yeah. No, it was quite a, it was interesting. And that was a fantastic job. Lost a mate after that, actually, from there. Um, uh, John, uh, oh, shit. Who was there? Me, uh, so the three ship bosses, Pat Sweeney, myself, and Johnny McNabb. And Johnny McNabb, he passed. Oh, God bless him. He was a nice guy, fantastic man, eh? Yeah, back in, uh, he was living up in the highlands of NZ somewhere. And, with his electric eels, I was a centric sort of boat, but yeah, he, he passed a couple of years back. So, here's to you, Johnny. Yeah, good man. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, that was on the new Halamahira, and uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic, like because the locals, I um, so all green crew, no one ever been mining and all that kind of stuff. So, it was me and um, one lead miner, Indonesian. I had a Agus Pratino, fantastic gentleman, and he was the only bloke that could speak English there, or oh, a little bit. Oh, no. yeah, well, he could understand me. Uh, <laughs> and then you had uh, four Muslims or three Muslims or four Muslims and four Christians so that there's always someone at work. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah, they have their days off and that. Yeah. <laughs> but they were just fan, like, yeah, got them through, unscathed, went the whole 13 months or 12, 13 months, incident-free. Um, yeah, so they gave me an extra another 30,000 cash for the month. It was like, hey, bonus, this is awesome. Fucking beautiful. Uh, yeah, that was after 12 months and then, because I trained everyone up so well, like uh, they were all competent shaft sinkers. By the time I'd left, they didn't need me. Whereas Sweeney, the bloody prick, he got to stay on for another 12 months because he didn't teach his boys anything. <laughs> like Pat Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> Smart Irishman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a great bloke, mate. Pete, you don't get better men than Pat. Fantastic bloke. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good years, mate. Is that the only overseas one you did? No, I've, no, I, most of my overseas gigs haven't been successful. Um, so I've oh, done, no, you did, um, I did Hong Kong with Ruck. Yeah, that's uh, right. I yeah, went, over to, went over to Grasberg, which yeah. is, um, incredible experience. It was like, I was so glad, 
I've been seeing the biggest underground mine in the world, you know, like yeah. this way, you know, like jumbo, they just line jumbos up, man. Like, you can't break them. They just get you another one. Yeah, get it out of the store. Get the old jumbo out of the store. You'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, Unbelievable. Concrete, you know, like 10,000 cubic metre for pores. In incredible, like just the size and the amount of people. You know, like the day that I rocked up there, I think there was 30,000 people walking out on strike over the uh, over the hill down to my first month there was like um yeah most of the locals were on strike um and we're doing you know like uh, uh courses in um you know how to you know talk to people treat people all yeah. that kind of stuff you know your respectful courses all that kind of stuff um getting your driver's license and all that just quite a main feat everything over there's about one in nine one in ten driving around like they put concrete down with ribs so so you can get up and to and from the mines and oh right. yeah yeah five thousand people going to work at a time it was yeah absolute mayhem and if you have a look at the photos i've still got a couple of mates on um messenger and youtube oh, actually most of it comes through uh linkedin um how well they're doing and how good of a job barry set that up to be yeah because yeah, barry was the um, main role over there mm. What's the buddies? So what's the, I guess what's some of the best? What would you put down the best joints you've lived and worked at over the time? Because a lot of your stuff was residential, as you said. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a lot more community than the week of week off side of things. FIFA, Gimpy, without any shadow of doubt, best mine I worked in. Um, same thing, like two. Because what's happening with that now? Is that restarting? Someone said. I or? don't think they ever could. Two I hours north of Brizzy, eh? Basically, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, beautiful mine, like uh, quartz gold. Uh, quartz all bodies. Um, but I don't think you can keep up with the water there, Matt. So they do believe that there's gold in the black shale right at the bottom of it. Um, Peter Ferguson um, he told me they hit quite a strong load there just before it closed. But I think what happened with Gimpy was initially you had so many people on the workers' comp, like it was a small operating mine. Um, there was a lot of people, um, you know, over the years that had been running for 20 or 30 years were, you know, still on that. Yeah, just um, I think it just all got out of control you know like there was mining i don't know i'm not a manager but like you know the, the uh yeah you know what do you call it working what it cost you to actually operate the mine was very minimal yeah yeah but brilliant absolutely brilliant you know like you were hour he had noosa an hour down the road oh fucking how dangerous is that oh mate it was bloody absolutely brilliant and uh then you had the sandy straits you know tin cam bay rainbow beach fraser island 40 minutes the other way yeah so every weekend um you know we're out camping or holidaying but so it's just monday to, you're doing monday yeah monday to monday to saturday um or monday i think you done didn't have to do every saturday you'd have a long weekend every third weekend but you had to throw yeah. in a sunday um every month to go and clean all your rail because she was a rail mine yeah um but some of the best men there you know like same thing i could ride my push bike drop my kids off at school ride my push bike to the brace start work you know knock off you know four o'clock pick them up on the way home you know like just brilliant you know eight hour eight hour days man i don't care what anyone says like for a community you know being community orientated involved bringing up family and all that kind of stuff you can't beat eight hour day being home every night yeah best days of my life yeah yeah you know like merry river alongside through gimpy you know kayaking every weekend or canoeing and just a real fit real just a real fit place you know like that hilly you know you're riding bikes and you know being adventurous without any shadow of doubt gimpy is the best mine that i've ever worked in yeah yeah all around good blokes same thing you know like um we're all getting paid good money but <laughs> the other best parts about it we used to have a our boss in kid mining or oh, that's what we work for he used to give us uh 
about $10,000 every three months. So with that $10,000, there was a crew of was it, about 12 of us, 15 of us. And that's not all, you know. And uh, yeah, so we'd bring the penthouse playmates up from Gold Coast or hire a houseboat with a few skimpies going up the Sandy Straits or <laughs> over to the Brisbane Trots for a week. Spend it wisely. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the penthouse playmates up from Gold Coast was a bloody top night. Yeah, it was. A, <laughs> we, had to shut it, we had to shut that down and got a bit out of control. Oh, of course, the, once the pub shut and I found out there was a limousine there full of bloody... Uh, some of the uh, sexiest goddamn women in Queensland at my joint. It was, uh, yeah, they all started coming pretty fast. It was like, <laughs> see, low boys, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lock the front gate, bring a few guards, get out. <laughs> <laughs> but same thing, too, strong foreman, mate. Well, we had um, Billy Jidden and Steve, uh, Stevie Reimer, and old Cal Gordy, you know, boys, and that, and just. No nonsense, strong foreman. You know, like, yeah, if you if you were talking to me and shit, but like it was a, such a well run mine. But it was probably the last flat out rail mine in Australia in two thousand one. I think we mined it through to about two thousand eight, nine, something like that. And yep, brilliant. You know, like uh, everyone that came on my crew, I'd make them do a shift on the grizzly just so I knew about. It. If you had a smart ass, you'd put an extra couple hundred mil on the holes and yeah, yeah, send them out a bit bigger if you. <laughs> If you were running late or trying to get your five cuts, you, you know, bunched her up and, you know, made it small so, you you know, you didn't have to stand on that grizzly for freaking three hours smashing big rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a few weak blokes knock themselves out and drop their handles and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> drop the spoilers down the grizzly. So, and then as soon as that happens, you know, it starts, you can't stop, of course, so it starts piling up and then you're all out there at three o'clock trying to lift a few rail to get the bigger ones down. Yeah. But all you're doing is stuff up and skipping on the level below if you're doing that, so... No, it's just a good fun, good fun mine. Yeah. So that got just mined out, or like just I, deep too much water? Did you say? Or um, I actually left before it had finished on a on a pretty bad note kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but we won't even go there. It was uh, yeah. So I yeah, I had yeah, I basically got got out of town there, got out of Dodge. Oh right, yeah, a few right. dramas and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, moved on to better things. Yeah. yeah. Um, safe for pastures. Yeah, safe for pastures, <laughs> things like that. But the town, the Gimpy Gold, yeah, nah, thank you. It was, uh, Gimpy was amazing. Some great blokes. Mickey Nolan that wrote that, um, you know, uh, Silver Lady. Yeah. Um, Brownie, um, Chris Bentley, Robbie, Robbie Alford. So this, one of the saddest things that happened there was uh, Robbie Wickham. Uh, this guy was an Alamac miner. Brilliant. Him and Sam Carroll, both passed now. Uh, poor guy, just God bless him. Oh, they were they were good men, but like full on. Hey, Rob, if you sat at a table with Rob, you know, like how your cheeks just smile. You know, you hurt from smiling so much, or you know, you, have you ever had that? Like, mm. you know, when you sit at a table with someone, they just make you laugh and smile that much that you're hurting. Yeah. That was Robbie Wickham. You know, seven days a bloody week. You know, you spoke to him, you were always smiling and laughing. Even thinking about him brings a smile to your face. But yeah, he um he took his own life tragically. Back over here, um, just end up, you know, all getting too much for him and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think Sam Carroll, uh, another fantastic bloke, and they used to Alamac together there. I think he might, might have got uh, killed in a car accident. I don't know exactly, but yeah, yeah, they both passed. Yeah, uh, good men. Yeah, though, Robbie Wick and uh, myself. So on that houseboat party, so we behind that houseboat, go up Sandy Straits and all that kind of stuff. Oh man, eh? Like so, they jet boating 
18 gallon kegs up the bloody sandy strokes <laughs> to us when we run out of piss and all that kind of stuff. But coming back, I think it's you know two days. We allowed two or three days to get back. You're only going up to Kingfisher Bay Resort, which is on the Fraser Island. Coming back, and of course we're punching the punching the current, punching the tide. We should have probably just parked up and you know wait for the tide to turn. I, but anyway, Robbie decides to jump off the boat, you know, like drunk. We might have even fallen off or he's doing it by me or something. Well, of course, his boat's facing this way. The current's running. You know, there the, are those tides over there, four or five metre tides. So, yeah. And there's big bloody sharks and that, all that kind of stuff. And now I've seen Robbie go over and like, you bloody deal, way. So I was like, threw the red boy over and knew he wasn't going to make us. I jumped in after him while the boys, they took us. By the time they caught up with us, we were pushing out that bloody fast, like in this bloody river. I just said, Rob, kick back. Put your legs up on there, mate. Relax. Talk to me. Hey, he would have drowned for sure. He was hopeless, eh? <laughs> Turn this boat around. We had to start the whole voyage all over again. I was like, do it again. We're tying you up. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of stupid bloody things like that. Oh. And also Peter Ferguson. Um, Peter Ferguson was there. He's, uh, he was a guy. Peter Ferguson is probably one of the best men that I've ever met. There's so many Peters in my life, mate. I've got to give them all credit. So there's Peter Kovic, is probably the best winder driver in the world. Or, yeah, I'd, I'd say in the world. Um, Peter Ferguson, Peter Cox, Peter Castles. Always Peter's all done something with me first. But um, Peter Ferguson, who was a gimpy miner or a Herbert and Tin miner, he was an old, uh, he was a soldier and he'd come out of services to go back mine or to go mining. Um, I met him when I was an apprentice in the carpenter shop up at KMA. Like uh, I used to replace all the spoiler handles and gimpy handles and sharpen the chainsaws and hand saws that was your first job in the morning and apparently i was taking too much off and so he actually came into the carpenter shop he was working over at lake view and i made one up specifically for him and gave it to him so there you go stop the engine right, right. <laughs> he's a big man and then um met him in bellevue first time i'd ever put in a spit set with an air leg and then um our first shaft sink first vertical rise i'd all done with um peter ferguson and uh he was a bloke that sorted me out in gimpy um, told me to, you know, go and buy a house, stop being so stupid and get your shit together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Peter Kovich, like I said, he was the best wine driver in the country. Um, he was the first bloke to give me any financial advice. <laughs> Peter Cox, first bloke I ever went on an Alamac with. Peter Castles, he was the first underground wine that ever slapped me across the ear. Give me a box of matches and said, that's what a rise is supposed to look like. If I see any different, you'll get another one. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a good bloody run down. Oh, it's been a great adventure, mate. Eh? But, yeah, sad for all the mates that we've lost over the years, um, but uh, absolutely beautiful, mate. Eh? Yeah. Well, that North Queensland, it is a beautiful country. Um, you know, I've fished up there with Grant Polkey and those guys, eh? like up the Gregory River. You know, sat in water half a metre deep, you know, with a fishing line on. And honestly, you had a blue wren land on my shoulder. Or, you know, being up to, you know, up above Townsville, you know, throwing a cast net around to, you know, cook your prawns on a bloody, um, you know, over a fire on a pot to have, you know, be surrounded by fireflies. Or, yeah. you know, Collingwood Tin Mine Cooktown, I actually seen a, um, one of those um, coloured pythons, you know, like a blue python, you know, up on its back tail, like hovering through the air chasing them. You know, chasing the butterfly, I've seen some amazing uh, Armadale, New South Wales. Uh, oh, Hillgrove. Hillgrove. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was you the know, first one I ever worked at. Sat, sat, you know, I was sitting down a water tank down there on the deep, oh, you know, in front of the decline, and, you know, spotted quolls, you know, walk past you. You yeah. know, like it's just like, wow, check that out. Oh, cold, fucking cold joint, that joint. Hillgrove. What, what an amazing story, man. This is where I think you're wasting your time talking to blokes like me, and you should actually be following that mining history up, is because, you know, like, 
that history of that Hillgrove mine, you know, like uh, those Chinese that were working down there, you know, chasing the, you know, we didn't even know about antinomy and yeah. gold, you know, like carrying that up. What's that gorge? About three, four hundred metres deep. Oh, it's fucking yeah. yeah car carrying that ore, yeah. carrying their mining tools down that gorge. You know, like I know it's no different from carrying your mining tools out to a lunar walking across the desert, but <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's all pretty tough going. But not like, not like carrying um, carrying your bloody uh, 40, 50k up the bloody road at Q or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> that was just walking, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a man. This is uh, we're doing a uh, kimono walk in a month's time, I think. We'll, we'll walk. Oh, you'd be seasoned. Six sixty yeah, yeah. Marlene's better at me, but um, yeah, that history of Armadale, uh, New South Wales, or Hillgrove, New South Wales is unbelievable you know like yeah. the river you go down that gorge and you got this perfect river and you can pan off gold down there all day and you know oh, you're no tough. good for um no good when she rains you got to get the grader down to fucking get oh yeah. yeah sit up on the side of one of those adats you'll be fine eh? yeah, yeah. You can't going. but even I think um, it's uh, back up and going isn't it or it is yeah going, they're going really well because no, they stuffed up they they had a good mill and all that there but of course it was out of date and they tried putting a new one in there and, and yeah. they end up uh, stuffing that up because it was plastic or something like that and but yeah, it's good to see that they're up and running. Well, Peter actually, that was another Peter. He actually gave me a start there um, at Armada, at Hillgrove, working there. But even the history Which of which Peter uh, was that? Uh, Peter Ganser. Ganser, yeah, yeah, he was. He was boat. the one there that I was there. He was yeah. the underground manager when I was there. Peter Ganser, I think he's over here now. Is he? He's at um. Oh, fuck, who's he with? Saracen. It was Saracen, but obviously not anymore. He's with someone else then. He was with Saracen. Tech services, what? No, God, he was with Goldfields. I don't know, Peter. If you're listening, give us a buzz. I want to catch up with you. He was, yeah. he actually was Fuck on that Osborne, Osborne shaft and like strong leader, like good, you know, like just straight up, you know, like yeah. you know, I think that's why things run so well. Starts at the top, mm. um, yeah, you know, it was good. What about Victoria? Did you do much down yeah, there? Yeah, mate, yeah, Victoria, beautiful country, loved it. Um, so we were over there in A1, um, A1 gold mine, which is our uh, Woods Point, yeah. and probably the prettiest. Um, other than Cooktown, probably the prettiest uh, town I've actually ever been in for mining. So you follow this beautiful river. I forget the name of it, but well, or you turn left at uh, so you're heading out to Mount Buller and then you Mansfield. Turn right at Mansfield and you head up, head up to the highlands, yeah. up to this wood points. But they still do not have satellites up there for mobile phone coverage. So keeping young blokes and all that kind of stuff is pretty hard because mm. there's no oh, everyone's on yeah. their phones these days. They can't live without yeah, them. So. Yeah. But the mine, it's all nuggety, you know, gold and a lot of good miners up there now. So some of the greatest folks I've worked with, um, Roger Hendy, Peter, um, Trevor Smith, um, oh, yeah, uh, Peter Cox, you know, all those old boys, all those old leggers are up there, you know, handheld, you know, handheld mining still at A1 Mine, which is the oldest operating mine in, Aust in Australia. So I think it's ran the most consecutively like since it opened in 1897 or 1901 or whatever it was it's always i think it only ever shut down for 10 years so they've still got yeah. an internal winder in there yeah right. you can go through find um the old dynamite and levels so yeah yeah it was raped and pillaged um sometime by a few miners that just went in there took high grade gold out and all that kind of stuff and then they the shut board, yeah, yeah they, they fucked well they didn't fuck it but shut it down they shut it down for a while because the grade wasn't and they couldn't find the grade, but yeah. you're doing some great work up there. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you ever get a chance? Call in and have a look at it. It's beautiful. Go there. What about um, 
did your worker because I can't interview buddy um, making the big flight to stall next in a couple of weeks to go see Dave Butler. Dave Butler, did, what a legend. Yes, yeah, so that'll yeah. be a good yarn. Did you do any rock drill comps? Yeah, I've done a couple of rock drills. I, like, yeah. I never took them seriously. The only time I ever won one, I think I had the mine manager back of me at Gimpy Gold, like, brought me in the sweep and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I got, and the Calcutta. Uh, yeah, and I bloody, um, I think I actually won the heat um, with a good time, uh, but I got disqualified for not wearing my safety glasses, which would have been fucking typical, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have told them to fuck off as well. <laughs> no, I yeah. didn't say that. Yeah. It was just like, um, yeah, so, Dave, yeah, no, me and Dave actually got a lot of good history. Um well, and he used to actually, he was that fit as a young man that he actually used to run up the side of the open cut before we could drive up there. That's how he was a strong fit bike guy. He was a machine, you know. Yeah. Um, but a good bloke to me. He was a big ego, like, mate, anyone that's good at anything has, has got to have a bit of an ego. Yeah. Uh, I'll be down, Dave, when you see us. flog <laughs> me. But, uh, yeah, strong, strong rock draw. Not as good as his mate, uh, Fellows. Colin Fellows, he was bloody good. They were, they were all good in the day. They all won different events. And well, he's um, because he's a Tassie, I think. Colin, yeah, 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 yeah he's yeah. trying to, yeah. Dave, Dave, give me the. He's got the stats. He's got the stats. He's outdone Colin apparently in the oh, of rock he has, drills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course he has. Yeah, they wouldn't like to be. None of them like to be beaten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All those Tasmanian so boys gonna be, are pretty that's competitive. That's going to be a fucking good yarn. I can't wait for that. Well, that is a great day if you ever got the opportunity. So it's in December and they have the wood chopping. So that's what you love about Tasmania's community yeah. and that over there. But they have the wood chopping, the rock drill. You know, like a dog, a uh, um, kelpie, yeah, uh, rounding up sheep. You know, it's just a fantastic day. I um. So I won, I did win an event over there. It was doubles with some old fella. We smashed it. I'd like, yeah, got, got a bit of prize money. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Well, I think it, was, it sounded like he nearly made a career out of it for a bit. Like, a lot of them did. the rock drills yeah. fucking cops around the bloody country. No, I never got into anything like that. It was always, I was, you know, in town while there was a rock drill on. So, yeah, you know, right. have, have a crack. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've won, you know, third or fourth prize and novices or anything. I've never ever won one. Yeah. Uh, other than doubles comp in Tasmania. Um, I think that was still novices. So but, can, uh, you, can you pinpoint in this whole career, I guess, the the best fight you've been in and the best fighter you've had to fight against <laughs> <laughs> out of all these fucking floggings you've been given and, and uh, dished out well, or whatever? There'd, be, there'd have okay. to be some standouts. Okay, there was. Um, so they have a Queensland tough man competition in um, uh, Townsville every year. And I'm by no means or any way, shape or form a fighter. Like I've never ever, you know, won a couple of fights. But you'd be a biter or something. No, you'd, you'd do no, whatever no, it I takes never, to no. win. I, I don't like hurting people. I, re <laughs> I really do not like hurting. I've never hurt anyone if I could help it other than probably your heart, you know, if your heart's broken, but and I'll throw that out there. <laughs> but, um, so we're in the Ravenswood Hotel and there was a bloke there called Derek who was a tough man competitor. Um, it's a pretty fit sort of bloke and before work, because we, we were living at the pubs at Ravenswood in Queensland. Yep. Um, it was always, you know, mum, Jay, oh, your mum wear gum boots or your mum, you know, like shag such and such or your mum's lousy, you know, whatever. Anyway, I, I don't know, sometimes I just like snap, you know, someone said something about my mum and next minute, bang, like I've just launched myself off the bar at him and uh, we've rolled through the dining room by just smacking the shit out of each other <laughs> down this massive flight of backs so through the kitchen where the cook was going off and nut and flogging us with a broom on the way through and down the back stairs and um ended up on the back lawn in the clothesline and 
this old girl, eh? And no shit, man. She actually literally took to us with a broom. Like she was smacking us both <laughs> on the head that hard that we, like, <laughs> we had to stop the fight. Like it was caning. We all had big lumps all over our head, eh? Like she, she actually, that was probably the best. Uh, best scrap I'd ever be like longest you know duration we've got a few punchings but we both got to end up getting belted by this 80 year old lady with a broom <laughs> <laughs> mess up my kitchen um yeah uh, other than that no I'm no they're all bloody uh, no more just pain or who's, who's, who's some of the best bloody uh, air leg brawlers you've ever seen oh they could hold themselves well see none of us really See, like all the all the tough those fucking farmers in North Queensland, they're the bloody ones. You're well, <laughs> yeah, basically, Ren, Graham Polky, Randy Crumbling, like were tough men. Like they're all Sydney siders, or one Polky was from Sydney. Like I seen him lay out a few coppers. I wouldn't let anyone else get involved in his fight. Like he just knew how to. He just knows how to punch. Is that like, like salt, big Polky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graham, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's. I'd back him against most people. Eh? Like this guy is just phenomenal. Like he gave me a blood blister there from about where you're sitting. Yeah. Once just one crack, eh? Yeah. Um, Randy Crumbling, <clears throat> amazing tough mate. But there's you gotta remember there's a lot of um you know, SAS soldiers, you know, um, you know, that are, you know, air leggers or, you know, been air leaguing across the injuries. Peter Cernak, you know, like those crazy Slavs in the early days, they just used to, you know, like get a gut full of piss and want to punch on with every man <laughs> you know, but no one wins them, like no one ever they're not fights, it's you know, like we used to be able to have a fight, like even myself. Like I've had a few fights in the change rooms over the years, and you now you get up and you know you dust yourself off and you have a laugh about it the next day. You know, like they're not. Yeah. Yeah. So as much as you, you know, having a game, you know, even Justin, you know, like it was funny. It was well deserved. You know, <laughs> knocked out first. <laughs> he never, never put a lucky man on his ass again. <laughs> um, yeah. No, there's, you can't really. No, the, like all the fights are usually over, you know, like I said, over here started with over pool tables and bloody women or, and um, yeah, they're usually nothing, you know, too bloody serious or, <laughs> and um, no, you never ever really fought at work, you know, you, if you did have a, with those arguments, I did get into a good dust up underground at Foster Sharp when I was a young man, so, you know, of course, you know, three of us, it was just a three man crew and we're all been living you know, like you're sharing every night with each other and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I discussed something with the bloke I was working with, uh, Wayne, his name was, a Kiwi fellow, and um, he gave me shit for the next couple of days about it anyway until I finally cracked underground and, like, we were into it and all that kind of stuff. And it actually started in the cage. We used to get it on the 21 level, I think it was, at Foster Shaft, and we punched on in the cage all the way to the surface and we got broken up as we come to the surface because otherwise we're both all getting kicked out and then in the car park again after work and then um when we got back to camp um actually jeff had a couple of sets of boxing gloves in his room and he put those on and made us hop in our donger for a half hour and <laughs> both coming out hugging each other <laughs> oh yeah. you got it it took a while to get out of your yeah. system yeah oh my poor jeff he died in um campbell in the squatters yeah. that was sad yeah. he was he was our foreman or like overseas to run the crew so yeah. he had me Jeff and Wayne at Post Shaft looking after, kept all the maintenance on the shafts, going and sold off the walls or greasing the ropes or keeping the dirt out from underneath the uh, counterweights on the bottom of the shaft. Yeah. yeah. Shit work, shit job. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. That was a funny story. One of the funniest things I've ever seen there was a bloke called Donnie Smith, um, Cambodian, Cambodian boy, Cambodian, Cambodian. He used to be the bloke on the side of the road with his video taking it to the crackers. 
each Friday night, you know, if he ran out of money, he's going to get paid fortnightly. So yeah. one day he'd be there with his pay, the next day he'd be with there with his video and TV. And then, yeah. Oh, right Jesus no shit, yeah. But anyway, so one night there, um, oh, no, one morning. No, actually, we were on, yeah, so we must have come in the morning, on Saturday morning. Donnie had been to the pub straight and, like, left the Camboda swinging arms hotel and all that kind of stuff, and he's gone straight to work in his silver slacks, pink shirt, throwing his hard hat on and his bloody belt and all that kind of stuff and gone down to the 21 level there and put the cage on eight bells. When the cage goes on eight bells, you're not allowed to move the cage until, you know, five bells is given to release it. Anyway, so Donnie's gone down there, put the cage on eight bells, passed out cold. Like, I mean, and he must have just crashed eight bells. <laughs> Look, they were ringing the bells and pass, you know, like could not get hold of him at all. Eh? So there's 100 guys on the brace the next morning ready to go to work and Donnie's still asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so the poor manager, Gunther, I think his name was Gunther, somewhere, he climbed, had to drive down the decline, then climb from the decline flat down to the bottom of the shaft to uh, go and wake Donnie up, take the cage off five bells and bring him to the surface. And, of course, there was a you know, 100 guys to cheer him on and... You know, give him a big clap and when he came out of the cage he still had his like super slacks on and his silver shirt and his whole he must have fallen asleep under one of those uh soul you know crystal lights because his whole beard was white and salted up he's all got salt layering everyone's like hey you know give him three months off for it. he never really got sacked in those mines he just got yeah moved about moved on all bloody yeah. depart i got um I actually did. I put a post out because you wouldn't have bloody Facebook and all that shit. No, I don't. You? No, no. Oh, you'd be glad, you'd be glad to know. I'll spread your name around it. Um, <laughs> I put a thing out saying, uh, "Who wants to ask bloody questions of Mister Eric?" <laughs> there was a, there was a couple. Dangerous. Or is there's actually some kudos. You might even bloody like to hear these. Dylan James Murdoch. One of the best blokes I've met underground. Plenty of advice, yada, yada. Bloody Dylan Day. No. People have got weird names on Facebook now. They're, they're not actually their fucking names. Oh. Jacob Giles. Ask him what the dodgiest thing he has ever done. Dodgiest thing they've ever done. Okay. He, he says, I don't know what it is, but it would be wild. <laughs> yeah, well, two, two dodgy events. So the first one was uh, loading... Stan Gilman come past and he said, Eric, on all it, because he used to, everyone used to have a party magazine. Yeah. So, and of course, you know, after a couple of weeks or after a month, you know, all your old exposures start to stack up and people, the debts, you know, come off because you're always in a hurry. Yeah. No one to use them. So, still grabbed all, he said, clean that friggin' magazine up, Christ's sake, Eric. So, grabbed all my explosives, like old half bags, Ampho, bloody. Where was this know, at? In Transvaal, Southern Cross. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, put them. Loaded all my reamers up, Lo loaded these reamers up with bloody uh, all this old explosives and all that kind of stuff and uh, <laughs> let it go, of course, all powder fuses, all powder fuses that day. So all the boys were waiting out the main drive for us and all that kind of stuff. And so I lit the powder fuse, hopped on the back of Ute and he just started moving up the decline and every bit of vent bag, services. <laughs> I think we dropped the fan. The fan actually fell off one eye pin, one eye pin actually come off out of the fan the fan was hanging there just about dropping the bloody you that's how hard it is ain't <laughs> it was like God, you know well you learn with explosives they eh? like explosives is a learning curve because none of us really know that much about them until you've done 30 years of underground mining and seen all the things stupid things that happen <laughs> yeah. 
And the second most dodgiest thing was all the boys at Osborne, we were shift changing. And of course, we've got to take the brand new troop carrier out on a bloody uh, yabbing mission. So we've all gone, we've gone, <laughs> we've all jumped in the PC. And big Matty Lever was driving, he's our winder driver. He's driving the bloody PC and he's uh, getting quite drunk and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, Matt, out, I'm driving. Rah, rah. And I'm pretty drunk and uh, had a bit of chalk and all that kind of stuff myself. And um, we'd gone up onto the edge of the dam. And as I've come over the top, <coughs> the, you know, you get big, big washouts and all that kind of stuff. And I only had one option not to roll the vehicle, and that was to basically go into the dam. <laughs> so brand new PC. Troop carry and I like I did deserve to dismiss over this because you can't just do this shit. So that wasn't the end of it. So of course, you know, we're 30k or 10k from the mine. So it's like I stuffed up boys, grab me water bottle, rah rah, you guys hang here, I'll walk back to the mine, go and get a truck or something and pull us out over there. Damn, I get lost in the scrub, don't I? Fucking <laughs> 45 degrees in Spinifex country walking back to the mine. So of course the um They've come out because you actually, before you leave the mine, you actually have to give a time where you're going to be and, you know, what time you're coming back and all that kind of stuff. And um, so they've gone out looking for us and I'm still not back in camp. But they found all the boys, my whole crew's just as red as your bush chook shorts there, Maddie, and um, still drunk. And, of course, they've done bombies off the uh, brand new troopy into the bloody dam and <laughs> caved all the roof in and the, all the empty beer cans are floating. I've got a couple of good photos that they sent me. I, I all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, I'm still wandering around and then I finally heard the mine, you know, like heard it and walked in the camp and as soon as I got in there, I the old foreman, uh, Tiger, Tiger Dolphin, I think his name was. Yeah, he didn't, didn't go much on me, you know. He was into me. Fucking you, buddy, dickhead. Rah, rah, rah. We expect more out of you. <laughs> I was like... Fair enough, though. I was like, it was a stuff up, man. I was like, stuff up, you're on the fucking next plane out of here. <laughs> so that was my. What happened to the rest of them? Oh, uh, they were no, they, 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 they were under your wing. Yeah, they had a shaft finish, and that was yeah. and it was right at the end of it. Thank Christ, though, because it was it was my most successful shaft sink, and it was uh, brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just didn't get to see the opening ceremony of the wine yeah, driving twenty four minutes. Got, a, got a bit too excited. Every a bit now too there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, at the same time, I didn't. We didn't. Other than the caved-in roof, we didn't bloody uh, didn't do too much other damage, other than a few blisters and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that spin effects country is that is horrible shit to walk through. Oh, yeah, fuck that, that is. Yeah, no, it's I uh, can't. I can understand why people perish out there, eh? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. that! It was a silly, very, very silly. That was my biggest stuff up. Oh, last one, buddy. I won't go. This bloke's giving me way too much information for the fucking role he's got. Trust me, so I won't <laughs> I won't mention specifics, so because I'd be thanks me for this. I'll, I'll filter it out. I'll show you afterwards. Yeah. All it was, I'll, I'll, the one bit I ask, he wants to know what you brush your teeth with. Because <laughs> he reckons there's so uh, if it's uh there's there's something you should change it because it um has a bad relationship with the breathalyzer each morning, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it's too specific. I've taken a mature approach and not going to ask. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. No, so I was blowing. I was blowing numbers every morning there for a while, and it was. I was uh, using the uh, spearmint 
uh, what do you call it? Mouthwash. Listerine. Yeah, yeah, Listerine and and then I, because I was doing it in camp, I wasn't, you know, so I'd go and brush Oh, so you do it straight away. Yeah, I was brushing my teeth and then walking out the front and having a dart on the way and blowing numbers. I blew numbers for about five times in a row, six times in a row there. It was just like, <laughs> one more time every game, we're going to, you know, do the old test on you and all that kind of stuff. It's like, whatever, I'm not drinking. I only ever have two beers or four beers a night in camp, so you know you're not over. <laughs> I know his brain goes out there. That's why I stay away from the bar. Oh, yeah, once he gets on the fucking red wine oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's speaking of getting excited. Mm. He's fucking – uh, he come over for a beer the oh, fucking month or two ago. He's, uh, his bloody missus come with it and everything. They had somewhere to go and she's trying to drag him out. He's like, yeah, hey, one more, one, one more. more. Couldn't, get, couldn't get rid of him. He was fucking – he's this cold schooners. He was just fucking throwing them down. Loved it. Loves it. Loved yeah. it. And then yeah. he – Went to the Croatian cup, club till fucking midnight or something. So he had a bloody great time. He is, he's a wonderful man. Are you like it? Your interview didn't actually do him justice, I don't think, because he's a guy like his whole career um, has just done for others or, you know, been that. Yeah, very um, generous person. Very, isn't mate, he? like they, uh, that street person that, oh, you know, it actually brings a tear to me. I think that he, you know, like went out of his way to, you know, a bloke that he met on the streets of Fremantle. You know, like went out of his way to actually give him a proper state, you know, like a proper burial, not just a, you know, thrown into a cardboard box into a incinerator, because that's exactly what would have happened to him. Because a street person, no family, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, gave him a headstone and a proper yep. burial. You know, like yep. how many people do that kind of shit? You know, nah. Well, you don't go around to his place and like the fucking food he puts on for you. Like, oh, so, right. so generous. Like, they're just, uh, oh, that's just, their culture. But yeah, always just yeah. been a real given soul. And, you know, everything he does at work is always right. You know, like he just does it 100% correct. And even Sharpsing, cross shifting, he's probably one of the best cross shifts that I've ever had in my career. You know, like as yeah. far as, you know, like being, look, you, you know, something I fail to realize these days, we're always taught you only ever, you know, as good as your cross shift, you know, yeah. you know, you know. He, you know, well, you, you have a bad. You, you usually you have, don't have cross shifts when you're airlegging. No, you know, but like even the shafts or you, you know, know, like in all the other small jobs that we're doing, you leave your set up. So well, basically, all you had to do was, you know, get on there, you know, hop on your machine, you know, away you'd go, you know. So you'd sm we just smashed it, eh? Cross yeah. shifts and him was just an absolute pleasure. Yeah, he's to your branco, you man bugger. Because <laughs> yeah. we asked him about his pattern when he goes to do. Arise like his day, like like mm. map out your day. Yep. I remember you saying like oh, I'm erratic as fuck. I don't know. Like, do you yeah. have a pattern you bloody do for oh, a rise and everything? Or you? No, we go up. You go up there. You water scale. You sit down. You bloody. So yeah, water scale while you're washing out. You know, your water's washing out. You usually have a dart. You fill your oil bottle, all that kind of stuff, and you yeah. carry your machine down. But when you've been doing one job specifically for twenty years. If anyone's got it down packed, there's Branko. You know, he's been in that mind. Oh, because he even has it. He's like, I eat half my sandwich yeah, yeah. and I do that. And I go back and do this. Yeah. I go I eat the other half. Like, he has got it that fucking down packed. You know that he done night shift last week? Did he? For the first time in about 15 or 16 years. Oh, like, he had this mob up there. Oh, he didn't mind because the soccer was on. Um, oh, like, yeah. Australia true. and Croatia. He would have been, oh, fuck. Yeah. He the sun would have been come out. He would have been on the piss flat out. Yeah. Fuck, he's not allowed to take fucking grapper up there. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, anything like that. No, he wouldn't be guilty of that, of course. No. Nothing like that. He, does, he just does everything right. And he's always just such a, you know, giving, smiling, you know, he's always a pleasure to see. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. mate. Few people like that, I think. Because how do you like when you say he does it right and you talk about people breaking dirt? I'm like, what, like, what makes a fucking uh, the best air legger? Like, if you're going to rank air leggers in terms of output, yeah, output 
tidiness, yeah, it's, everything. Like, I've seen, you, I, what I, are the I've seen some incredible guys over the years. You know, like I've met blokes that can drop five cuts in an eight-hour day. It's because they're just into it, mate. Eh? They don't stop. You know, like I've I've worked alongside guys, and you're walking. You know, like you walk at a normal place out to off a plate or something like that. These guys just walk past you. You know, like they use one steel. You know, it's just like they don't use guide steels to mark up their faces or anything like that. It's just yeah. boom, boom, boom. You know, like a hole's only six, seven minutes. You know, some can, you know some country three or four minutes. So it's only ever. 12 holes or 14 holes so you know yeah. like there's about 50 40 minutes there out of charge you know out of charge like they're just that strong and fit that yeah. they can just boom 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 you know and depending on the country is how how many holes they put in so yeah yeah like uh the strongest air leg miner i have ever seen was probably uh ian kid mining that guy could turn five six cuts in an eight hour day yeah. i just um what you know. like five footers or no 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 two like two well two meters you know yeah. like two two meters pilot hole or no 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 pilot hole mate yeah. reamers or reamers, bloody bank. post holes yeah. uh he actually used to bore um post hole wedge kind of thing so yeah like one four you know basically yeah. i'm not sure exactly how he done it but yeah five cuts by day you go i'll show you rising yeah. yeah yeah well i've only just been best i've ever done is three you know like you can get your three if you don't mind doing the extra hour but i I'm too pedantic with scaling. I've had a you know a couple come down off the top of your face and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, you know I I don't get, I don't start my machine until I've. The most you know, a lot of those boys wouldn't even you know, think about taking a bar or hammering a face off and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, they just but, straight up water so, straight yes, in. Or, yeah, well, yeah. I don't even. Well, when you're doing that, you don't even water, mate. Eh? It's just basically air on into a fuck mm. jesus bloody game of them fucking well, yeah, that's game well if you're pulling your cuts and you that's the best part about air leg mining you, you know you're up close and personal you usually can feel and see everything around you you know you can touch everything you know so yeah. you know you feel a bit of vibration through a rock while you're running in your hole you're you know you're tapping it off or yeah, something yeah. like that there's nothing I suppose yeah. when it's at like you know 50 to 60 degrees you've got a bit of oh there's no there, yeah. there is no i've never actually so all the people that I've ever seen hurt in rise mines are usually like uh, silly accidents. Like um, so I've seen blokes with their, you know, with a trigger up their nose, you know, standing over the machine, and the trigger's gone straight up their nose, or another bloke with his hair, you know, stuck in the bloody bridle of a machine, um, you know, steel snapped through your knuckle. But rising itself, you know, you don't, <coughs> yeah, you don't fall. It's pretty hard. Just it, it's actually hard to hurt yourself, like. The pinch points are the things that get you or, yep. you know, lifting, incorrect lifting techniques. But that's why I said it takes you, you know, six, seven years to actually learn, you know, like the first six, seven years of rise mining is quite Oh, she's painful. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 painful, it's a real battle. But yeah. if you've got good teachers that, you know, like um, we were taught straight away, you know, you never ever hang on to that machine. You know, like that air leg, it's a, all you're doing is adjusting your leg. You know, once you're in that first foot, you, know, you don't touch your machine. So I've never, I do suffer from white finger a little bit, but. Yeah. What will get me is the dusty, dirty environment that you work in all the mm. time, plus the smoking and all the rest of nah, that. Ah, smoke, bloody, that protects your lungs. Well, it does, it's yeah, that's what yeah, we were taught. Like, I've got uncles that were, you know, they were um, they were shovelmen, you know, after the Second World War. There weren't the men around to actually, um, you know, so they bring all the boys down at 16 years of age to actually shovel the dirt, you know, Phil yeah. McGowan and Normie McGowan and all those boys, even Bob Ledger, they all would have been shovelman he from passed the away Bob he Lynch. did yeah, yeah. great loss to the industry hey. he was the nicest man in the world but um he was uh he certainly he was the industry and uh it's quite sad that uh say the things because where they were because we used to have 
talking about the mines you pop and all that kind of stuff, and it's a real sore point with me, and I hope it actually gets out there, is that we used to have a works inspector. Now, a works inspector was like you have the mines inspector, but the mines inspector used to travel with the works inspector, and the works inspector was about the men. You know, they would ask you, you know, like, you didn't work in dusty environments or, you know, how these, you know, how this mob treat you are or, and all that kind of stuff. And secretly, the bastards have done away with our works inspector. Who represents the men? All these guys that, you know, have been killed in the industry, why these days, who actually represents them? You know, you're banking on representative from the company to say, this is what happens. There's no, there's no individual, you know, no outsider to say, well, these are the true facts of the day and the event. You know, these days it's put back onto the truth and honesty of the company mm. that you're working for. You know, like well, it's different now because it was a lot of it was unionized when you were working. No, no, there was never not. a union in my time. Um, so Western Mining, uh, Mount Western I, Mining, that yeah, was, was uh, Mount Isa Mines and KMA KLV. Uh, when I was doing my apprenticeship, sure, I had unions, but underground was still underground. It wasn't. Um, you know, like they'll, you know, it was a five day a week, six day a week thing working eight hour day. So everyone was pretty happy. Yeah. The miners were always looked after. But you always still had representatives to say, well, this is what's going on. This is what we can do better. You know, like just, you know, basically someone to come in and say, well, actually, how are you guys going? Or, mm. you know, all those regs that we have in place, you know, are these, you know, mm. are the company you're working for working? Because it's a bit, well, we get looked after where we are and it's a great company. We're for Burnout. But, um, I always worry. Not everywhere is like that. Not everywhere is like that. And who who actually represents the workers? So if anything was to come out of this map, I wonder if I'd like to ask the West Australian government or the Australian government, where are the works inspector for underground miners? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the the safety just, rep takes that brilliant, but they're 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 not. They're still going by company. Yeah. yeah, they're not independent. Yeah, and don't yeah. worry, they yeah they can still be pushed and shoved to any corner they want to be when they're yeah. working for a. You know, when you're working for a company, like I've lost a lot of mates down there over the years. You know, like you've got my first one, Kenny Buller, and then, um, you know, Paul Fife and um, Fee and, you know, Scotty Johnson and all that kind of stuff. And I hope that they, you know, like God bless them all, they're brilliant people. I knew every single one of them, you know, personally. Like me and Paul Fife used to push our go karts around Birch Street Boulder at yeah. Brennan's when his old man had the sports shops there. Um, you know, Fiona, we're a champion girl. Um, but yeah, you know, I hope they were represented all, you know, the true, the actual truth of the whole story was actually put out there. Not that you'd get anything past Paul or anything, you know, but like this just this day and age with companies of the way they are, you know, mm. hey, we're not being represented well enough, I believe. Mm. Yep. Yeah. But anyway. We'll leave that there. You yeah. never know. We'll see what comes out of that. No, but it is, uh, it is a question, you know. Yeah. Well, that's been bloody. Have you got any other stories you want to get off before? This is the last. No, so not really. Just not to, driving up every another no. weekend. Oh, shit, no, <laughs> never, never do it again, man. No, just to all the to all the peers that you know, all the good men. Yeah, you because know, you're only ever as good as the men you work. You know, yeah. are alongside Matt A. Eh? And to all the good men that I've worked with over the years, just thank you. You know, it's like it's been um, mining has just been an incredible adventure and journey. You know, like I've loved every. Every day of it, you know, like I don't like it as much these days, but uh, in my day, so I loved it. You know, I just loved going to work. It was good fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's got me to where I am today. It's a beautiful home. Bloody every, everything I have is through, you know, mining. It's been awesome. Oh, you'd be loaded if you bloody didn't oh, spend it on those fast, bloody penthouse girls and right, shit. Fast, fast women, slow horses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you very much for no. having me, mate. It's no, been a bloody no. absolute honour. No, it's and, good. Uh, it's nice to be able to have a say. And, uh, 
Yeah, I hope it's still understandable. Usually I uh, speak before thinking. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, a couple of bits in. I might just trim out. The bloody day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right, awesome. we can bloody relax now. We'll get on. Too easy, mate. I'll go get a beer. <laughs> yeah, Cheers, brother. Smoke too. Cool. <laughs>